Yes, yes, yes. You're listening to Word Spoken Podcast, the poetry podcast, which brings you the best. This is episode 18 of the season, and uh, we've got Danny Martin coming on to the show. Um, Danny was a really nice guy that I met back at Chocolate Poetry Club a couple of months ago. Um, and on the night that I saw him, I kind of heard him perform and I was like, boom, I really want to get you on the show. So thankfully he said, yeah, and we managed to get a little date in. So we have got Danny Martin coming on. Very much excited about it. Um, we hear three really great pieces from him. Um, he kind of has a very, very croaky tone when he speaks. Uh, got a very unique way of presenting his work. Um which makes it very engaging. Uh, he also can speak about some issues which are of you know, relevance and importance, but also he can manage to do it in a way which kind of adds a little bit of a wink and a little bit of humour in it. Um, and it's just, yeah, I was really pleased that he came down. So the three pieces we get to hear from him this week are Nine Grand a Year Kids, It Seems Influences Living Our Dreams, and finally, I Am Man. I Am Man is the third and final piece, so that means it's the one that's going to be up on YouTube and also IGTV, so I urge you to go and check it out um, because it's a really really wicked piece. If you were listening to the show last week, you would have heard that I'd started a Twitter page for Wordspoken, so it's at WordspokenPod. Um, and in the episode last week with Mr. Melisa, I said that the first 10 people to give me a follow on Twitter would get a shout out. Um, so I'm just going to do that now. I will be honest. There's only seven of you. Um, but, you know, I thought there would be more. But well, that's fine. We, you just got to start off small in these things. So the first one was actually Mr. Melisa himself. Not sure whether that, again, whether that counts. Um, but, but anyway, shout out to Mr. Melisa. Shout out to Ella DG. Uh, the next one was an account called Jib Cruise Watch, um, who, um, that's my mum. So that's good. Shout out to my mum. Jeremy, cheers, buddy. Abina, um, Eve Merlot, and finally, um, Danny Martin himself. So, I mean, I thought there would be more than 10. There weren't. I can take that. But consider your shout out well and truly shouted out if you were one of those small group of people to follow me on Twitter. Okay, so in this episode, we talk about uh, Danny Martin's step into spoken word. Uh, He's featured on BBC One Extra. He's a published poet. He's been in books called Words By and also used words first. Um, He performed up with BBC Radio 1 up in Manchester. That was kind of something that ended up happening pretty early on in his career, really. Um, And he did so with this first piece called Nine Grand a Year Kids. Nights out and hangovers. The yin and yang of this generation. The drinking to forget nights. The nights we have no explanation see us them nights. The I'm just popping down the road love to have a few nights that end up in multiplication see us them nights. They start off at your local but end up at your local police station see that's us. Us 20-something year old kids. They say we're too grown up to be unaccountable but yet we're too poor to have mortgages see that's us. So drinking's become the answer to what question no one knows, but the answer, yeah, we've mastered, see, that's us. And nights that have to be the priority. Well, what's the other option we've got when we've been deemed the worst off? Generation 100 years worth of society, see, that's us. We are the nine grand a year kids, that's 27 grand to get a degree to earn, 20 grand a year kids, that's house ownership's the past, it's now a shared ownership scheme, we want half the pot you piss in, fuck me, we're living the dream, kids. We're the... The major that she majored in don't make no money, but she won't drop out her pants. So look at her funny kids. We're Kanye's kids. We're Shawn Michaels. We're the heartbreak kids. We're the rate of salary increase falls under the rate of inflation. Generation of kids. We're the from broken homes, but addicted to mobile phones. We are the Brexit. Nah, forget it. That's just some neck shit. But have no fear, kids. It's the zero-hour contracts and the contracted first-of-the-month direct debits, that's real stresses. It's the food banks and the antidepressants. It's the having a nursing degree but needing a second job to eat, that's what's scary. Because as long as we have Instagram, then we're only one phone call away from instant grams and then we can drink each other under this table. And we can stay there if we're able to. And you can choose spirits or beer, because in good spirit we cheer, because in sober we can't. So like Dua Lipa, I'll make up my own new rules so they have to drink, love, fuck and dance. And take every chance. And at this point here, I want everyone at home to raise their glass to renting.
Danny Martin, thank you very much for performing that first piece for us on Word Spoken. And yeah, thank you for coming down um, to the studio. <laughs> Absolutely loving it, mate. Tooting is in a fantastic place. I'm proud to be here. So thank you very um, much for inviting me. Dragging you down to new parts of this wonderful city, aren't you, mate? 100%. And when I say you invited me, to be fair, I've been badgering you over DM to, to get me down here. So hey, well, you. it like eventually paid off, didn't it? Yeah, exactly. Um, mate, thank you for, for for performing that first piece. That was a really uh, wicked piece. Um, I really, really liked it. Um, so I have a, I guess the kind of first question I wanted to ask you, there's there's lots that I want to speak to you about. Yep. Um, but I guess I wanted to first of all, get a bit of an idea of your kind of journey into spoken word. Um, so when we kind of spoke earlier, you kind of mentioned that um, you did get into this a bit late, a bit later on in life. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I guess I wanted to kind of first of all ask then, when did you start writing and what led you to start doing it? I think... Um I was always a kid who liked to get pissed, and when I was on, when I was like getting home from nights out, I was always write, doodling little things on my phone. Um, I used to, Sorry. I used to write um, back in the day. I used to do Facebook notes. Do you ever remember Facebook notes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're old enough, you will. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and I used to write little short stories on that because I thought that's the way to get my ex girlfriend back, and it wasn't. Um, and so, so I used to write little stories on that. Then I forgot about it for years. Um, went on the piss and then I started just doodling stuff and then um, the poem that I just performed was the first ever poem I ever wrote fully Mm. um, as an actual performance piece and then it took me a couple of years to really decide that I was going to try and perform it Um, so that started at the 2018 start of that I went out to jaw dance and I I got lucky enough to get pick out the hat oh yeah yeah Um, and I performed that piece in front of like 200 people it was mad busy it's a massive venue as well that one massive venue first time ever doing it Um, as I started going in the crowd was with me it was like the most perfect 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 setting for a first time Mm. Um, absolutely loved it buzzing put it on facebook got like eight thousand views i thought i've cracked it what? yeah yeah literally wow. straight away i was like this is it i've smashed it i'm now famous <laughs> yeah. um so i thought i did the i'll do the only thing that like anyone should in that situation and just take a year off um and then not do anything again until 2019 you know keep them keep them <laughs> wanting more um yeah. and then yeah. yeah and then yeah so i did that one and then literally didn't do anything again until sort of the end of 2018 start of 2019 so yeah. um yeah so what were your first impressions of the kind of, I guess, spoken word scene on that night? So as so as you kind of said, it couldn't have gone better for you, really. Oh, it, it couldn't, no. But, but in terms of the kind of scene itself and maybe the other talent you, you, you saw there and the people you met there, what, I guess, what were your first impressions of it? Honestly, there was, it was such an array. I was on after this lady and she's a regular there. So if you go, if you've been there a few times, you'll know her. Um, I can't think of her name, but uh, like an older lady and she just sings really random songs. Yeah. And she was on before me. So when I went up there, I was like, one, I can't follow her. But secondly, luckily, she, I'd do something completely different to her. Yeah. So um, I said it and then the crowd was on my side. So there was a real diverse mixture of people um i met some i saw jamel who mm. um j-a-m-e-l he performed on that night as well and i was like oh he's cool mm. like he's got it um but it gave me just a lot of belief that like actually like i felt like our oh, mind went really really well that night so i was like i've got this i can do this now um so it was it was a good mixture and i was like all right this is how it should be every single night and then the reality sets in that sometimes nights actually aren't like jaw dance with 200 people all rowdy and all screaming it's it's not always like that so yeah. it's a bit of a weird entrance i kind of entered at the sort of the top and then like slowly work my way downwards at sometimes and then back up so it's a bit of a mad one really yeah so i guess not too long after um the first time that you performed at an open mic down at jaw dance and yeah. it went as well as it did you ended up becoming uh featured on bbc radio one extra yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about how that kind of came about? Um, and am I right that you performed the poem that we've just heard on the radio? So what, how, how it happened was um, when I went back into it in 2019, I said, you know what, I'm going to give it a proper go. So I started doing quite a few different nights. And then at the same time, my friend um, slash manager, if I ever do get famous, uh, Matthew Benson, he sent me a link to this BBC uh, Words First mm-hmm. 
and they said told you to you can submit to it a minute and a half poem so I submitted the one that I've just performed to that um, and then lucky enough I got the email to say you're in the London cohort as a talent um, come down to some workshops um, so the workshop was facilitated by like Rachel uh, Long um, I met some really cool people like Tanako Fanago mm-hmm. uh, Tanaka Fago sorry yeah. um, Christy Koo Rahila Suleiman um, and, and Emba, loads of other people. And um, so, yeah, so we were there and we did like two weeks of that and then we done like a London showcase where I where I performed something that I'd written in that two weeks. Um, and then that got me through to the, the Manchester final where I then went back and, re- and repeated this one that you've just heard. So um, what was it like there up in Manchester, right? What kind of setting were you guys in? Oh, it was like um, a place called Home Manchester. It's like a, I think it's like a theatre, art centre, um, amazing it was like proper if, if you can imagine a theatre with different tiers on it met some amazing people people like Bird Speed were there Luke AG um, a guy that honestly if you ever get a chance please check him out Saf2SE on Instagram his stuff is biblical um, my favourite ever poem I've ever heard out loud a girl called Heidi Henders um, she does a poem called Men Drink Pints it's just beautiful so i met some amazing people um it was a great night and there was a guy called jude yorson there who um edited the stormzy murky book um and he was sort of um looking after us a lot so we all had the night then we all went on the uh, for a drink afterwards it was just absolutely perfect Right. I mean, that sounds um, amazing. Like, what an, what an achievement in the, short, in the short space of time that you had been doing this. Yeah. Um, so that is really cool. So I, I guess um, my, next, my next question is, is why, why do you think uh, you kind of came to poetry a bit later in your life? Why, why do you feel this wasn't something that, say, like your teenage self or your um, early 20s self would have wanted to get involved in? I think a lot is circumstance and also surrounding. Like I, I grew up in a like, like a normal place, but just like a, all my mates are builders, and well, to be fair, they're all doing very well for themselves. But they're not in the creative fields. None of us are. We all went to a school that you drop drama after year seven. Um, it just wasn't a dumb thing. Everyone's trying to be a sportsman. No one's trying to be a creative. So. It's, it's very hard to mix in with that and then have a passion for something and know how to, to channel it. And I think, like, for a lot of people I speak to in the scene, it's a similar story sometimes where they just don't have mates that are into this stuff or they don't really know if they are. Um, so it, it took me years, years and years to get into it. And I kind of got, fell into it through watching a lot of battle rap um, and then coming across a geezer called Harry Baker, mm. um, who's amazing. And then from that, I watched some of the stuff he done. Um, and then I seen he was like a slam poet champion. And I was like, that sounds cool. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to be that for a little while. Um, it hasn't happened yet. It will do one day. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, and that dropped me into the scene in terms of listening to a bit of it. Um, and then from there, I tried to discover Nights, um, which is a like a Pandora's box once you get into it. Yeah, I mean, I guess that is, as you kind of mentioned, it is, it is quite a common story for people not really to have access to it when they're a bit younger or it's not something that they kind of come across and realise they have a talent for. Mm. Um, so I guess my question would be, what, what do you think could be done potentially to improve that, to improve the accessibility of poetry to it, younger it, people? It has to be done younger. Like, I'm, I'm so positive about this scene being fantastic for people. Like, I can see it just in the fact of creativity. Like, it's amazing. For someone like me that doesn't come from a creative background or, or creative family, and my mum's like, what are you doing, you weirdo? Like, I'm like, like, let me just go for this a bit. It's quite a cool thing. But if you got into people at 16 or at 15, you did things in schools for these people, they, they would discover it like, and actually understand that this is an avenue you can go down, even if it's just as a hobby, like so many people that I know don't have hobbies and they're just doing the same thing, work, go home, go sleep, wake up. And I'm like, try things. And this is a brilliant thing. And if we catch people early, everyone will prosper because you don't understand the the talent that is out there is is unbelievable. Yeah, it is. Um, I did a workshop recently, well, I say recently, about six months ago with um, 11-year-olds uh, at school and I went in there and just did it because I knew someone and so I said, can you come down and do it? And like, there was a few kids that were just like, 
unbelievable. They were better than me already at 11 years old. And I'm like, if someone nurtures them, they will become famous and build this whole scene up even further, which I think it needs to do. People yeah. like people like yourself are doing, Henry, by oh, these podcasts and things like that. No, I mean, it, it is, I like, guess it's kind of a really weird one because it is such an unaccessible art form. Hmm. Yet all you need is a pencil and, and, and paper. You know, schools are constantly going on about a lack of funding, which means they have to cut sports things because yeah. they're, you know, paying to have these large fields or like if there's, there's a kit needed for the sport or whatever, proper training. In order to get into spoken word, you need a pencil and a pen. It's the cheapest thing. Yes. Cheapest way to entertain um, kids ever. Just get them to write some stuff. And I think that's uh, something that's really common is obviously younger people are, uh, I think in many ways, losing a bit of the communication skills that, that we, I guess, take, take for granted as adults. Yeah. Um, and spoken word, if it is anything, is communication. Right. A thousand percent. You have to you have to learn how to communicate publicly, which is very hard to do sometimes for people. But it's actually a fantastic skill, even if it's in a small setting. Um, you have to then also communicate with people around you and actually create sort of connections with people that you've never met before through an art form, and it gives you a reason to talk to people. So for, for socially awkward people and stuff, it's daunting, but actually it's so welcoming. Like I've never ever heard anyone at any poetry night ever get booed. It's just no, not a thing. No. It's such an it's such a welcoming experience, and I've had people that I've seen at nights, watching nights, and I've talked to them, and they said, "Oh, I'm, I might perform one day." And then I've got messages four months later saying, "I did." I'm like, "How did it feel?" They're like, "Amazing." And it and that's what it needs to be more of. Just need to get more people to it, and then more people will feel creative, even if it's not in poetry form. They'll feel creative in some sort of way to just go and express themselves more. In, in, in whatever field that they're interested in. No, I, I, I think you're very much right in that sense. And it's kind of interesting that there is that kind of clash and there mm. is that kind of lack of... That, there is that opportunity which is so, so sorely missed. Um, so I'd quite like you to tell us a little bit about the second piece that you're going to perform for us. So it's called It Seems Influences Living Our Dreams. Yeah, that's the title I just made today. I like um, it. I know, yeah, I thought it was sound quite cool. Um, yeah, so basically this one was kind of built out of the fact that we we just live in a different society. Like I, I think I'm, I think in spirit, I think I wanted to be in my twenties in the nineties, um, because just nowadays it feels like everything's so different so quickly, um, and we're looking through pixels in our phones rather than going out to pubs. And I just kind of, I, f I think if you're twenty something now, you kind of caught the in between of that stage. Like I remember being 18 and still going to the pub on a Sunday, not calling anyone, just going to the pub and some people you know will be in there. Whereas now, 10 years on, that's just not a thing. Like you're never going to do that. So it's just trying to catch that mixture of then and now. And I'm not really, there's, there's good things with technology, but I'm just, I'm just trying to talk about the difference in there. And sometimes it's a bit of an illusion and I don't want everyone to just hold on to that sometimes. Like get out of your phone um, there's a world out there, pretty much. It's um, I really, really like this piece, and I think you make some really, really great points, and you've got some amazing wordplay and punchlines. Like it's just, just really great. I like, I like, can imagine it goes down very well at like a night, for example. Um, but the um, what what was the question I was going to ask? That was a good question I was going to ask. <laughs> um, oh yes, I guess in poetry it's a bit of a catch twenty two with this sort of thing because. In order to promote yourself as a poet, you need to be on social media oh, yeah. and you kind of, it is 24 seven and you need to be keeping up with it, um, messaging people, maybe you haven't met in real life yet. So how do you as a poet now trying to promote yourself kind of toe that line? I don't, I'm a complete hypocrite. <laughs> um, so it, it's mad. Like my girlfriend, if she listens to this and she'll be like, what are you on about telling people to get out of their phone? You're on it all the time. So <laughs> this is talking from a place that's not probably from my own personal experience, but from the fact that I just, I can see it and I can see what it does even to me. So it comes from all that place. Um, we live in a society. I don't think we're ever going to be able to stop social media. Um, the only advice I would give to toe the line of social media in life is try and only look for the positives in social media. Look for the things that are going to make you feel warm and fuzzy inside, like little babies and dogs and things like that, and follow pages like that. And then also, when you do go out of your mates, put your phones down. Oh, like yeah. No one needs to Instagram story all of your night. Um, 
we Instagram story all the poetry nights because like that's important. But other than that, <laughs> yeah. um, it's, it's just put your phone down and just have a chat with your mates. I think it's so important. You know what you are, that you are so right. It's one of my serious pet peeves. Like, and I guess I I can really relate to what to to what you've just said and and kind of what you're about to say in this piece because uh, lots of my mates before I did poetry, I was always slagging them off like, "What are you doing? You're always on the phone." And then now, obviously, yeah, as you kind of said a minute. But I guess it is a it is a line that we all have to toe. Um, but I think you speak about it in this piece in a very eloquent way, and it also just in a just in a really well written way. So Thank I think we much, should hear sir. it. So this is Danny Martin with "It Seems Influencers Living Our Dreams." Nowadays, there is no such thing as mystery. There is only ever internet browser history. Everything is clocked between the Insta and Snapchat story. Forget them fame fables your dad told you they no longer exist. Forget his past glories because he'll all be logged in videos and pics on his Facebook page. And if it isn't, then did it even happen? Me and your mum, we met in a bar, exchanged nowadays for me and your mum. We met through having four bars of signal strength. I now pronounce you husband and Wi-Fi. Forget nighttime antics because we've got Netflix and we wonder why the younger generations find it so hard to mix when they won't dare go outside or go camping because you can't get 4G in the sticks and now they just stick to sticking inside on their USB and joysticks. I hope they grow out of that by the age they reach the Amazon Prime. Swipe left, people have just become so disposable. Swipe left into that virtual black hole. Swipe left on the potential one because there's plenty more where that came from and you won't have to worry about them because you can lose as many people in your life as long as you don't lose your phone. I still remember my first pack code. Even in relationships, they never seem to last because he was too busy playing games. That's why he never ticked all of his Xboxes because he was too busy playing games on his Xbox and he forgot about her the way FIFA forgot about career mode. And she was just too busy to notice because she was focusing on her Instagram career though. Instagram followers over actual friends like in this virtual reality reality we live in who actually needs them if I'm having any problems I can just post an emotional selfie to FB and someone that doesn't even know me will tell me that they're here for me babes I'll reply saying I'll PM you later just to add to the mystique we put a price on fame over happiness like fake breasts and an enhanced arse are worth getting on the bus to work for another few years instead of driving that new car because you've got 6,000 followers now and 600 likes on your latest picture from people as close as your BFFs to places as far as Qatar and people up in your mentions telling you you're spectacular and you're like rah. Use my discount code for pretty little thing. Remember kids. No one's ugly, they're just poor. But have no fear for at 500 Twitter because we can give you all these Kardashian treatments and more. And don't worry about being riddled in debt because you have up to 10 years to pay for it until your veneers fall off and you need a new set. But then we've got another finance deal to replace it. That's nowadays life cycles, no Bibles, just heat magazine, good light in and a phone case that doubles back as a charger. Fresh trim, cheat on your girl every weekend, but you can never cheat on your barber. That's a fresh fade, filtered face, buy bottles with your monthly pay just to get laid in your mum's flat. But don't worry about her being there, because someone's got to pay for your leaky taps, and she can't charge you rent when you want to get white girl wasted off for all of that. And it seems, influencers live in our dreams. The people highest up give us the lowest self-esteem. See, that's peer pressure for that hill figure sweater. Insta is where them fake ballers at. They make us hate ourselves and love their wealth. Taking Photoshop mirror selfies that don't reflect themselves. That's why we can't even go to the grocery store without picking up a chocolate bar and feeling insecure. And that's why we're dealing with some issues that you can't believe. Social media is a facade. It's all make belief. They say a picture says a thousand words, but there's a thousand words behind every picture that they don't want you to see. Wow, Danny, that was an amazing piece, man. Thank you so Thank you. much um, no for performing that for us on One Spoken. That was wicked. Thank you very that much. That's a really cool piece. Yeah, you made you made so many like good points in there and you just did it in such a really good way. So I really, really liked it. Thank you for performing that. Um, I have a quick question, and I guess it's in relation to your sort of writing process, but one thing I noticed whilst you were performing there... Um, and, and I was reading the words that you sent me as you were performing, is uh, 
the, the kind of page you sent me almost looks like an essay, right? It's kind of mm-hmm. large chunks, almost like a paragraph, right? Yeah. It's kind of, it doesn't look like a traditional poem when you see it on the page. And then I noticed that the words you actually say, obviously they're like kind of what's on the page, but they're actually not. So it seems like a lot of it, you're kind of freestyling a little bit. So can you tell us a little bit about your writing process, maybe how you memorise these and then how you then come to perform them? Yeah, so basically when I write or have an idea, it will start like the poem I just performed. I think I wrote the basis of that in about 15, 20 minutes. Um, but then I didn't end up performing it for about six, seven months because I write the basis of it um, on my phone yeah. and then I spend, when I'm driving home or off, uh, or if I'm alone on the train or something like that, I'll start reciting it in my head. Um, so the, the driving home is always quite good because it means that no one can hear me and I can say things out loud. And I think when you when you do that and you start repeating things out loud, you'll get a different tone to how you want to perform it. So I often find that what I've written isn't how I say it, but I will learn how I've said it. So then when it comes back to trying to show someone my work like today, I'm trying to like edit it before I send it over to you, even though I know it's going to be different when I say it out loud. And I think I also say things in... Because I, I repeat it so much to myself every version you'll ever hear of me do something is always slightly different because I just put different twangs on things because I'm used to trying it in different ways and just it never sticks quite solidly. But I like the fact it's got a little bit of play in it sometimes. No, I mean, I, I, um, it's something I haven't seen yet um, on the show, but actually I think it really, really works. And Thank why you. it works is um, it just comes across live really, really well. Um, and it, um, yeah, man, I just really like. Doesn't it. Doesn't always work out that way. You try. We, I try my best sometimes, but sometimes it flops. So, um, <laughs> but yeah, now the, the idea is to give myself a little bit of freedom um, to, if, if something comes out one way, or I've got another way of saying something in case it goes a bit wrong. Um, even if, like, if I'm asking the crowd like a question or anything in it, I'm trying to work out if if they respond slightly or if I get a cheer at one point, I can give it a bit more of a break and stuff like that. So I try and write it as if I'm performing it all the time or I try and and learn it as if I'm performing it constantly. Yeah, I mean, I think that makes a lot of sense and um, that's definitely a really wise idea. And as I said, it does kind of translate into pieces which work really well in that kind of live setting does make me look weird when i'm driving home though and people looking <laughs> in the car and i'm just performing with my hands and like it's all a bit weird but yeah no it's not too bad you know what? last night i was walking home um i'd been at a uh, friend's house and i was walking home literally down this road down here and i was trying to memorize a piece right yeah. and i was and it was kind of no one was around so i was like okay wicked i'll just do it and i was kind of doing it like quite like a bit loud i don't yeah, know yeah, like, yeah. i wasn't doing it just to myself on an image i was like top of like just doing it and i was like scanning the street as i was going down just to make sure no one was going and then, and then someone suddenly, pops out of nowhere yeah, this yeah. woman was was on her doorstep and like it was kind of just around the corner and i walked past and i saw her look at me like duh fuck is this guy doing <laughs> because it doesn't sound like someone on their phone it's like i'm like reciting a piece do you know 100%. what i mean 100% to myself i must yeah. look, look like a proper nutter I, i've done that many times before if i'm walking home from a night out so i do just put the phone to the ear so yeah. there's a little bit of doubt in their mind <laughs> yeah. so yeah that, that's just a little tip for all of you drunken people walking home trying to recite your poetry to yourself yeah put the phone to your ear no one will know what's going on yeah i like that you just like you're having a very poetic conversation a thousand percent <laughs> somehow you're conversations rhyme they're like yeah, this Shakespeare guy on the phone here he just Fantastic. speaks in rhymes yeah, all the time exactly what a nutter <laughs> um, okay so my next question is about when I first met you down at Chocolate Poetry Club which yeah. is where I've met a lot of my guests that it's have a come great on the place. show it is, it is a really good night um, so I met you that night and uh, I really really loved your piece and asked you to come on the show pretty much there and then wasn't it yeah um, <clears throat> we had a kind of conversation or I think you kind of asked me in uh in in search of an answer i guess maybe hoping i ha- had an answer yeah, but yeah. you um essentially asked me like how can we turn um this poetry scene how how can being a spoken word artist become a job for someone how can we monetize it in a mm-hmm. way where people can live off the art form yeah so my question is that was a couple months ago now maybe yeah. 3 months it was definitely last year um have you so you know in the past couple of months 
Have you come across people which have kind of had a bit of an answer to that? Have you had any more thoughts on that kind of question? I think it's a bit like politics. The more you try and listen to it, the less you know. Um, so, yeah, no, I, I think there's ways of earning money out of being creative. I don't necessarily think at the moment the infrastructure's there in the scene to to earn money out of being a poet unless you are doing other things with it. Um, so I, I've I've asked the question to everyone I've met since <laughs> since I started this because I, I started this with I started this for passion, but I started it with a reason. Like, can I make this a career? Because in my mind, if I can make a career out of this, like that can earn decent, sustainable money that I can provide for my family in, I would love my life more. So I that's my end goal is to try and work out a way that writing or being creative can earn me money. So I've spoken to everybody I've ever seen. Um, and ask them the question. Sometimes I said, what's your end game? I always ask what the end game is. What do you want to achieve? And um, I got told by Blackscoy, his, his answer was very poetic. He said, do you need to try and achieve something? I said, oh, you bastard. <laughs> um, but no, in general, there is, I know there is ways of earning money, but I, I am not one that can tell you that I've earned any real money out of poetry at all yet. So I'm open to answers. Anyone DM me, give me opportunities. Let me earn some money. Yeah, you know, I, it is a very hard question to answer. Mm. Like, and, and and in some of the conversations I've had had on the show, people have given a bit of an insight in like to their kind of thoughts yeah. on this. So, um, a couple of weeks ago, Tyrone Lewis basically kind of said almost what you've said there is the kind of people um, that he knows that are very successful and that have done very well from it are people that are combining it with other art forms. So 100%. whether that's music, whether it's kind of stand up comedy as mm. well, whether you know you're very funny in your work. Um, he actually mentioned, as you did, Harry Baker, yeah. um, who obviously kind of mixes comedy with stand-up as well as uh, poetry. Um, but I think uh, Fisky also kind of said, I can't remember whether this was on or off off the show, but he said um, essentially that not enough people look outside of the open mic setting or the kind of scene in London for companies which are looking to commission poets or, um, I mean, literally anyone. There there aren't enough people looking for those types of jobs because they are out there. You know, the work that he does with the Flow Poets, they do do a lot of these things. And it's because they've, you know, they've got Flow leading them. As a collective, when Mm. I I look at them with just absolute green-eyed envy, Mm. um, to a lot of people in in this scene, I look at it and I'm like, oh, wow. Because I think... I think when you come into this, you need to ask yourself, what does success like? What does success look like to you? So, to me, success to me would be being featured everywhere. I think people, like just being everyone saying you're the best would be like success to me. Mm. Whereas other people go, all oh, right, you've been put into three books. That's success to me. Whereas I don't see it potentially as like that. So it's a really weird concept. The flow poets, they're all amazing. I hate them all for it, um, but they do amazing things. So, like, I listen to what they do. I've, obviously, I've seen some of the stuff they do, and I like the projects. But I like the fact that it's a collective, and I think collaboration. I've heard other people say this on this podcast, but mm. collaboration is so so important because you're stronger as a unit, and you're worth you're worth more as a unit as well. Um, I've just recently done a project with, well, I say a project with Sadie Davison, um, fantastic lady on the scene. And she, well, I went to her house and we recorded, like um, four or five of us recorded different um, poems and stuff like that to be put as a collective, not like an album, but something similar to it. Because I think in that, there might be more of a value because you're telling the story as a, as a group. So definitely, definitely, one thing I'd say is link up with people or people like flow poets and stuff please teach everyone the way yeah no um i think that's true so you you also uh mentioned a couple of things there so you um have been published in a, in a couple of books yeah. so the first one was uh use words first which was linked yeah. to this work you did with bbc radio one yeah but also um a book called words by so can you tell us a little bit about those two books yeah so the use words first was an anthology i think it's called that anyway i'm not very posh so i don't know the words um but with the people that were the finalists that went over to manchester to perform and um, we all got to put in six poems um which was wicked because like you had to learn a different art form and I really took that quite seriously um, and you're also given deadlines it's the first time I've ever worked to deadlines for poetry 
um, having to submit stuff. So I learned how to write differently for that. Um, and I think it reflected quite well. And then um, Words By was actually something that I think is by Sophie McKenzie and others, um, which is linked to UNICEF, um, New Generation London. I think it's to raise money for refugees and to to raise awareness for that. And just a cool-ass project to be in. Um, so, yeah, I, I, luckily I, I, I got messaged to say, would I like to submit like a piece for consideration? So obviously I did do that. Um, and then luckily I was chosen enough to be part of the book with some amazing amazing people including like camilla from love island um and people <laughs> yeah. like that are in there as well so yeah it was fantastic i mean i get i like guess it is a bit uh like a bit of a funny one because as you said uh just now um people have a different way of measuring success mm, and the fact that you are you are a published poet yeah. in many people's eyes yeah would 100 percent be well that's incredible man you've got your stuff in print yeah on a on a i guess it's on a bookshelf in a shop somewhere yeah it's in like <laughs> waterstones and amazon and all that stuff so yeah it's cool like my auntie went and bought one and i was like there yeah that's me um so that was nice like it it was a good it was a good feeling to to, to be in there and it is a kind of accomplishment 100 percent. i think when when you're in the middle of trying to be something in whatever scene you're in you never look at what what you've achieved um, I think it's only in reflection. So, like, you know, at the end of the year when you go, my 2019 was, like, so amazing. <laughs> and my 2020 has been even better. 2020 yeah. vision, baby. All that stuff. So I think when I look back on it, whenever I, I stop doing it or when I have to take some time out, then then I will be like, yeah, actually, that was a real good achievement. But But for now, you just always strive for the next thing, don't you? So that's always a bit of a dilemma. Weird, like you say then as well then, that um, you kind of enjoy the live open mic stuff mm. more or the, or the live performance part of it more. Yeah. Because um, your pieces really, like I kind of would say, uh, read well, of course, like you, you are a published poet, so they definitely do. But, but, but they really come alive when they've got your, your kind of croaky tone on them and your kind of well, way of you, pronouncing them. <laughs> no, but it is, it is true. I think tone is something um, you can't improve on or learn. I mean, you can a little bit, but just like the sound of your voice, yeah. you can't really change. And I think yours has got, um, your, your voice kind of stands out amongst the crowd a little bit. You've got that kind of rusky, like, no, I, that, <laughs> I guess, I guess you're just lucky in that sense. I guess I'm jealous of you for that. <laughs> well, why? Thank you, sir. Um, no, I, I think, yeah, I think tone's important. Um, I do, like this year, one of my aims is to to learn to perform better because I look at people like Billy P.N. who come on the scene and just absolutely murdered it. Um, there's a lady who, uh, she doesn't seem to be doing it anymore, but I know she's doing theatre and stuff like that, Leanne Shawley. Um, and I look at the way they perform things and I'm like, you do it to another level. It's like you've got um, a... you you be, And the, the lady who won the Genesis uh, final that I was in, Ellen Dillon Reams, mm-hmm. um they come with a bit of a theatre background, but they just they they immerse in the in the pieces. And I think when when you're trying to do this scene, the more you can fully just go into it rather than worrying, the more it relates to the crowd in, in whatever way. So I'm, I think I'm learning that skill a little bit. I think my niche is slightly being the kind of husky, slightly rude boy ish kind of geezer. Um, type of person that's what I'm trying to go for most of the time Um, but I'm glad that it comes off just occasionally so thank you no I mean I like I think that's true and also um, one of the other things that came up uh, last week when I did the live recording of Mm. Word Spoken which is going to be out by the way in like don't know in a few weeks but not yet when season one's over just to let people know but um, yeah one of the things that kind of came up though is one of the advice um, from from one of the poets was finding your voice really means about finding your usp on the scene 100 and and what makes you stand out from everyone else on that lineup and, yeah and i think yeah you've kind of nailed it with summarizing and i think and i think you can see that in the london scene from what i see like i've been about it quite a bit i keep dipping off and coming back in but you see the different voices um like the, you get the unique voices as well so like people like black score very unique. But then there's also people like Johnny Danger, mm. um, who has a, such a different take to what he does. And sometimes it doesn't even resonate properly in the room. And you're like, oh, this is a bit awkward, but awkwardly, really wonderfully. And you just know that he's finding his voice every time he does it more and more. And the more he believes in it, 
the more that the crowd will believe in it and it'll just get better and better. Or I think he even goes to be more and more awkward, which is also a beautiful art form. <laughs> so people like that, I think are absolutely fantastic. I've seen even people like A's poetry you had on first, I yeah, think. Yeah, he started it. To watch him from when I start, when I properly started in 2019, I dipped out a little bit and I came back sort of in December, January this year. And I, or maybe just before that, sorry. And, but listening to the difference in him, he's found his voice in that, in that period of time from when I first saw him, whenever it was to now. And I, that's really cool when you can, when you see people make that improvement. Okay, so um, I want to talk to you now about your third and final piece. Yeah. So it's called I Am Man. I am. So give us a little bit of a backstory to this one. So again, when I was in, I was in the Genesis um, final. So I got, I won the, I won the heat thing, um, which I thought like, this is it. I'm smashing life. This is all like the first six months I, I did poetry in 2019. I was like, I am killing it. Um, and then I got chucked off the stage at Jaw Dance. Then I like, lost out on different things. And then I didn't win the final, the the words first thing. Then. I was quite upset. I had to take a couple of months off, but I'm back now. Um, but when I got through to the final of the Genesis thing, um, there was a girl in there, I can't think of her name now, it's gone off my head, but she had a poem, because I researched it, called The Skinny List, that she'd already performed at it, and I knew I was up against it. And it was sort of like uh, things I would do when I'm skinny list, um, which was an amazing piece. But she also talked about a lot about, like, he said, like, a bit derogatory towards men which is absolutely perfect because we're scumbags we deserve it but I, there's also another side to us when i don't think that the male is represented well in poetry now um and i thought you know what actually like i am man and i'm happy to be to be that so i wanted to kind of do a piece that that celebrates being a man but also talks to the fact that men don't talk about the worries of being a man because it is actually sometimes a really worrying thing, hence why suicide rates are so high. So I just thought I'd try and make a piece which is like, come on, I'm man. And that, hence why, hence the title. Look, well, I think we should just jump straight on in and hear it. Um, I, this is another piece by yours that, again, I absolutely love. So uh, this is the third and final piece we're going to hear from Danny, and it's called I Am Man. I Am Man. A big, fat, farting under the duvet and lifting it over your head when you least expect it type of man and I love it. I am man, back, sack and crack, flat pack furniture and all man that loves standing up to pee all over the toilet seat although it is occasionally partial to a sit down weesh. I am man. I am happy to be who I am. I am not claiming to be better than a woman. Man is not better than a woman. My woman has created life and pushed that life from her womb into sunlight. I cannot compare to that woman, but I am man. And I too do incredible things daily. I too do incredible things daily for my lady, including opening jars. Jarring is not how you should filter this. Gender is not a competition. And bless every single woman, trans and non-binary. Your soul is your weapon. I'm just saying being a man is something also to be held as a blessing. I am man. They tell me man is not allowed to shed tears. I am a man who shed tears by buckets and pours out oceans worth of empathy with my heart. They tell me man up. I tell them I'm not that man. I man up every time I tell you I feel like a man down. I am proud to wear this skin and be emasculated by men who can lift more than me. At the gym, they tell me you are not a strong man. I am my brother. I am the strongest of man because I can admit when I feel like I'm not strong. I am man and come in super skinny wearing and sensitive poetry speaking form. They tell me you are not a real man. I am my brother. I am the realest of man who understands to be the realest of man. It's the one who stands up in the face of bullies. Don't fucking at me, man. I am man enough to admit my flaws. Man enough to admit man is flawed. There's literally been times where man's been flawed in scrapes and fights and I've been chauvinistic and impolite and I've seemed to live in man form with the brain of a boy for too many years on a six foot frame of a boy. Okay, a five foot eleven and three quarters frame of a boy, but who's counting? I'm a man and I'm prepared to move mountains for my cause. Men don't seem to talk enough and men go off course and men don't seem to talk enough of course and men bottle things up and look in the bottom of bottles of cause for improvements. Men often feel useless but we're also the solution. But I am man and you are you man and if I can do it then you can. I am Danny, dude, that was um, 
that was a wicked piece, man. I really, really liked it. Again, so kind. I've Thank loved you. all of three of your pieces, and I'm not just saying that. Like, I generally do, man. They were really cool. I appreciate it. Um, Thank you. That um, what what I really like with that third and final piece, and mm. I, and I and I think it was a common theme in your work is you do um, make good points and you yeah. kind of uh, you know make make the listener think, but you also make them have a little grin on their face a little bit. You kind of do it in a way which like has a bit of humour and a bit of zest. I think that's that's life, isn't it? Like life is well serious sometimes, like so serious, but. Uh, even in the saddest moments, there's the funniest things that happen. So even when you're doing, like, I try and keep that motive, but I don't I don't have to be funny in a poem. But also, life is, is just a series of events, and some of them are well serious and upsetting, but other bits of it in between that are quite funny. And even, so I always try and keep a, a, a perspective that, like even in that bit where I say six foot frame of a boy, actually a five foot eleven and three quarters, because it's true. That's what men are like. Yeah. So I want to add that thing in, even though I'm making a serious point, because that's how that's just how life is, isn't it? Yeah, and I think I think my and there's loads of lines I really lines I really like in this, but I think my favourite one is I am man enough to admit my flaws, man enough to admit man is flawed. Yeah, I thought that was quite cool when I wrote it. To be honest. <laughs> was that one <laughs> not of the, picking not picking myself up, but I like that one. Was that one of the ones you wrote and you were like, oh fuck? That's I was good. like, oh, that's a bar. <laughs> I was like, yeah, let's get that one down. Um, yeah, no, I like that. I like I like that. Is it called a stanza? I don't even know what it's called, but yeah, that man and yeah. Man enough to admit man is flawed, man enough to admit, yeah. Uh, I think, to be fair, it's just very true. Mm. So, when, you know, when you write something, you're like, okay, yeah, that that line sort of, I'm glad you mentioned it, because that line sort of sums up the whole piece. So it, it was. it's good that you, you highlighted that one. That was the point. <laughs> so thank you, Emery. No, um, yeah, I just thought that was a really good piece. So we're, we're essentially coming more or less to the end of our yep. conversation here. So I wanted to kind of um, wrap up a little bit uh, by... Looking to the future. So we had a brief chat about this before, but yeah. but um, I guess what are your kind of goals um, this year or looking to the year ahead when it, when, when it, when it comes to your kind of creative yeah. side? So I think when we spoke about this earlier, I was kind of like, what are my goals? I don't, it's quite a hard conversation. So I have one ambition um, and that's to be at a couple of festivals this year. So I'm applying for that. Um, hence why you've seen me a bit on the scene in the last few weeks. I've been trying to do different poems to try and get a couple of cool recordings to apply for it. Um, so I want to do that a little bit. Um, I also, I, th- I like stuff like this where I feel like we can talk more, not necessarily just about poetry, but just in life in general. I quite like the concept of of talking about things. I've got a podcast coming out that I did about grief um, to do with my friend that I lost when I was a bit younger um, and that would be quite cool and I, I quite like that concept of it but mainly if I'm honest this is an advertising tool for me to say like let me come and do some more nights please come get at me and just let me perform on your stages um, I've got so much un, unseen material that I want to kind of get out there and just kind of see where it takes me from there and then also if I do do anything I quite like the idea of trying to um, collaborate with people um, or really cool people like yourself um, like your Billy PNs and try and make like a like a poem story but has other characters in it not just me writing a poem I like to do a poem with two or three other people and we're all different characters within it and it will tell a story so that's my aim if anyone wants to get at that and also sorry I'm going on now um, I want to do more videos and better production stuff because I don't think there's enough in it and I think if for me I'm trying to not just like I love all the people in the London scene and the people that in the poetry scene that like me there's some of them I'm sure there is um but I want to also be out there to the public I want to get more of the public involved so I think bringing our production value up doing things like these podcasts doing good quality videos of things I think is so important so um I'm probably going to try and get a few more of them out um, and maybe even delve into a little bit of something with a bit of music in the background, maybe. <laughs> well, look, I like that. I, um, you've got a lot of ideas there, and I think yeah. you should run with all with all of them. Um, and I think you do make a really good point in terms of getting the production value hmm. of content, because lots of people have, you know, I guess, 
they have all, they have all these poems. They perform them at open mics. They yeah. might have a recording of someone in the crowd filming it on their phones. But in terms of like good quality audio, good quality video production, yeah. there's not a lot. No. There are there are some. In fact, I'm going to give a little shout out here. You, do you know the night Word Up? Uh, no, I it's, don't. It's a really sick night. It's in Wildston. Oh, is that right? Yes, it is in Wildston. Um, and uh, they, uh, it's at it's at the Royal Oak in Wildston. Is this the one that they've been gone for a while? They had a little back. break and then they come back. I do know it. My and apologies. They uh, they've got a couple of cameras set up. And okay. They they then they then record the audio from yeah. from the night and it all eventually goes up on YouTube and it's really good Wicked. and uh, it's definitely worth going down. That's a little free plug for them that they've. Yeah. <laughs> that, and mind over the matter do something very similar and they as well, do don't as they? Well. So yeah. big, big props to them. Look, well, um, dude, I just want to say thank you so much for coming down. I've really enjoyed all three of your pieces. Thank as you I much. kind of mentioned, you have something to say, but you have a funny way of saying it, which I think um, allows the message you have to kind of get across further. Cheers, um, and um, yeah, I think we need. I mean, we don't need more diversity in the scene. There's already so much. You know yeah. what I mean? But it is it is great when someone does bring something that is you know not like everyone else yeah um, my, my big message to to a lot of people sorry to cut in there but like i i had to for about three months i had to go on to all the poetry people i know um and mute everyone like just to try and stop hearing the same like not the same stuff because you all do different things but to stop hearing a bit of poetry so i could discover my own voice again um and that's where i wrote i am man and things like that because I think sometimes we get so crowded by this amazingness and we want to write things that just the crowd go, yeah, to, but we're not actually being true to ourselves. So what I would say to any of you there that have got your own voice, stick to it. There's one thing I always talk about, stick into your voice, whatever it is, because like, it makes you different, yeah, and it makes you stand out, like you just said. So yeah, one bit I'd like to say to everyone is, whatever your voice is, just hone in on it and do it more and more and more. Remind people where uh, they can follow you on the socially sapping social media. Yeah, yeah. Fuck, fuck social media, but please follow me on it. Um, at Danny Martin 29 on Insta. Um, fuck Facebook. DM artists, but no one, they, they don't let you actually get anything out there anymore. Um, so at Danny Martin 29, Instagram. Um, that's it. Get me on there. Wicked. Okay, cool. Well, thank you for uh, thank thank you so much for coming down to Words Spoken. I can't thank wait to see me. what the year ahead has in store for you, man. Let's do this thing. Let's do it. Thank you for listening, and we'll see everyone next week. Cheers. Thank you. Cheers.